Hello, business storytellers. It's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. And we're continuing talking about how to uh, perform better at work and how to do what's right and what helps you be successful. Today, in this episode, we're talking to Sunil Gatsi. He is um, the president of Intuitionology in Canada. I think the first guest from Canada. Sunil, thanks for joining us. No problem. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you very much for this opportunity. So you talk about intuition, right? I mean, um, first of all, what, what, what does that mean? What's the definition? So, into, so the, the, into, it, the way I, I look at intuition, there's an art and a science to it. So obviously the art is when people kind of get that gut feeling, the signals. Uh, some people get this woo-woo feeling or it comes from the cosmos. So that's kind of how they describe it. The science part of it is where it's embedded in your subconscious. And I've looked at, uh, spent over 10,000 hours on the research to take a look at where it's embedded in the brains, where researchers have kind of found it. So it kind of ties the two together. And rather than intuition just being this gut feeling, it's actually much more complicated than that. There's four types of intuition. There's four types of hurdles. Um, And so this is one of the reasons why I wanted to take a look at intuition is because I've ignored it. A number of times in my past, especially when it came to a career, I had uh, one of my best friends uh, killed because I ignored um, the signals that my intuition was telling me. So it was very, very important for me to find out what was this thing called intuition so that it could help people find better careers, for example, better situations, make better decisions in whatever situations that they find themselves in. And so you mentioned four pieces. Yes, there's four types of intuition. There's the creative intuition. Uh, And that gives you sort of the decision whether it's very creative in nature, which entrepreneurs are very uh, uh, immersed in, or if you're looking for a career change or a job change, does it take a lot of your your skills and creativity and and you're able to apply it? So that's one. Relational intuition is the second one. And that really takes a look at the people in the environment that you're dealing with. So what are, from your intuitive perspective, do you trust them? Are you looking at their body language? Are their words matching their actions? Then there's experiential intuition, which does look back at your experience, both formal and informal uh, in learning and also the experiences you've had either running a business or in your previous jobs. And that informs the decision that you're making in the situation that you're in. And the fourth one is called situational intuition. And that looks at all the, the, the environment around you to see, are you seeing what you need to see? Are there things out of place? Um, is the environment conducive? Am I feeling right in that environment? So all those four types of intuition actually work in a split second in time, like a bolt of lightning to help you make that decision. So you can slow all that down. Uh, and, and in my, my free course, I do that where it explains each one of these. And so when people kind of understand how it works, then they're able to really know that the decision that they're making when it is the right one and your intuition is telling you that that's the right one, that it's filled with a lot of information that's helping you know that that is the right decision. And so, I mean, I like to believe I have good intuition, (laughs) right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I make all the right decisions based on my intuition. So, but how do I, how do I deal with that? So I'm thinking, you know, that feels like the right decision or this is, you know, like when you mentioned creative, so creative, does that show like you're looking at something like in the, like a creative design, for example, and your intuition tells you if that's going to work or not, or how, like, how does that um, show up? 
Yeah, absolutely. It could be a creative design or if you're looking to change a career, if you're looking to start a venture. Um, uh, it, and so the, if it's if you're low on the creative intuition side, it's it's basically a decision that's more mundane, that's more routine. What am I going to eat for lunch? Whereas creative is more, man, if I have to change this career, what do I do if I have to get into a new relationship? Um, what am I looking at, at changing this time? So it's getting something that's sort of different degrees from the norm if you will and so the more the, the higher the degrees outside the norm of what i guess herd mentality the greater your creative intuition has the ability to help you make that decision okay interesting and um so a lot of people that listen to this show you know uh, they have a lot of um let's put let's say pressure put on them right back yeah. in the day marketing is it working? We don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Half of it might be working, right? That's the, the, the funny joke people say. But today, everything is measurable. We can tell how many people are listening, how many people are doing what we want them to do, et cetera, et cetera. It's a true content performance culture. How can, how can intuition help marketers um, drive even more results? Or, and, and how do you, I mean, is it something you can learn, I guess? Absolutely. So where intuition comes in, anything that you do, especially when it comes to a marketing perspective, uh, is you have to drive that you, that emotional piece where you, you have that, what I call a trusted relationship. So you cannot have a sale or you cannot market a product or service if your customer does not trust you and your product uh, or service, and that's going to bring genuine value to them in their lives. And so we can, a lot of times when we look at the data, that's great, sometimes it's a lagging indicator, but it, you know, and we have these vanity metrics on social media all the time. There's all these uh, likes and their shares, um, but are those the real customers that you're driving? And so uh, what marketers sometimes have a tendency to do is look through the lens of data to say, yeah, we're doing something well, yet the revenues or the profits are not saying the same thing. And what you're, they're doing effectively is they're not reaching out for, into an emotional bond that strikes you, that's getting you to stop your attention to say, yeah, uh, I trust that product or service. And a simple example anybody can go through is when they're going through their Facebook feed or their LinkedIn or their Instagram, what stops them? What stops them is that message or that picture that, gives them that saying that that the intuitive response is saying is there a connection here and when they read it is this just a canned marketing response i've heard that before or is it something that i want to take a look at it further because that um that uh picture or that message or that article really speaks to something that i really want to find out about now and so that's where intuition really helps is to filter the quote-unquote I guess, crap or the been there, done that stuff, the old marketing techniques that I constantly see all the time where there's sort of pitches. I know it's going to be a pitch. I know there's a sale coming without getting my, um, my commitment from an emotional perspective. And is that marketing really selling my needs? And that, that when, when you are selling to my need, what I need, what I want, that's when I'll look into that further. And if you have what I, what I need, then that's where I'm going to spend my dollars. So I can just see some people sitting or driving to work right now, listening to us, and they're saying, okay, is Christoph now promoting that we should have make decisions 
based on gut feeling, totally overstating it, right? I'll let you jump in in a minute. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's how it used to be, right? In journalism, even content marketing early on. I mean, when you say uh, intuition is gut feeling, and that's how a lot of decisions were made, right? My gut feeling is this is a good story. My gut feeling is uh, we should do this. Two people called, okay, my gut feeling now is we should do that because I just got yelled at by two people. Um, meanwhile, 30,000 didn't say a word. Um, so how do you combine that with um, that mentality out there with what we're talking about? So the one thing is that you have to make sure that, like, what, when, especially when I talk to business people about intuition, um, the, the first, and I'll give you a very, very nice case study of this, is um, that there's this realization that this woo and there's no data, and that is simply false. Your experience and your data is very much a part of that decision. So when you are going on that gut feeling, part of that decision has some embedded data that you know you have to leapfrog off of. The other part is going to be, okay, my data is telling me this, but sometimes the data is, is, although it's saying this, I have a feeling because you've got some past experience or you're seeing things around you that are saying, even though my data says this, there's this bit of direction I could go into, but if I go into this other direction, I think there's a better product or better service there. And I'll give you a very quick example. Uh, one of my, my colleagues who was my first interviewees, and I've had over a thousand people I've interviewed now, he gave me an hour of his time and he was the chief, uh, he was sorry, the chairman of care operations at the time. And um, he says, I don't believe in this woo woo stuff, this, this, uh, you know, I wish I could meet moment people. And so even in the video interview I'm doing, you can hear his language, but he understood it from this, uh, you know, omens and spiritual context. This is an investment banker that has been in the trenches for, you know, 15, 20 years and data just was all about his, the businesses that he, that he uh, got into. And what he wanted to do is as we're talking it, he's getting educated that is data, it is experience, and it is based on some of these, these decisions that are sometimes you can't really explain them from the data itself. And then he's getting it, he's getting it, he's starting to tell me some more intuitive experiences. And the very last question I asked him is, did you ever make a decision that was so obtuse that people thought you were crazy? And he said, absolutely. Here's a guy that was driving... Uh, in lim running, riding limousines, high-end restaurants, private jets, two, three million dollars a year uh, as an investment banker. And he wanted to trade it all away to run a bankrupt restaurant. And everybody, including his wife, said, you are nuts. Like, what are you doing? And he said, no, uh, this my intuition is telling me because now after an hour, he understood what that feeling was. And he made that decision, walked into that bankrupt restaurant. And that happened to be Eastside Mario's location number one. And over the next 20 years, that became a $2 billion behemoth before he retired. Um, and he had several other um, intuitive experiences where there was a, he was opening the beer market was a really good example. He used to benchmark using benchmarking. Nine out of tens was where he put a Casey's or where he put a Eastside Mario's. Um, and there was this new concept, uh, a business model that was never tried before, much more square footage. It was a five and a half out of 10. And his business partner, him said, no, 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 no. I know the data is not saying that we should, but we need to. There was so much development around Toronto. He saw that it's going to come up. It was in a dilapidated area that was looking for more surgeons in traffic and money was pouring in. So there was sort of that data and experience they were looking at. Uh, that ended up being their first location of the beer, mar the beer market, which is the most successful of all the brands that they had. 
Uh, and that was where data was telling a different story, but they felt that there was a lot more resurgence. They saw some of the construction happening. And this is where they went off the data grid to make a decision that brought them success. So you have to be careful and not get into the argument that it's just all you know feeling. There is data to back it up, but sometimes that data is a bit of a guide. In the end, it is this thing called intuition that you can train yourself to get into to make the ultimate decision in the career path you want to go to, the business uh, situation you want to get into, or even the personal decision that you need to make. Well, and, and that's interesting too, because I, I didn't quite catch the time frame how, how long it took them to know that they were successful. Oh, uh, immediately. Um, it, it took off right away. So uh, and initially they had, you know, the, the type of people that uh, were coming in were just having a beer just to really get drunk. Uh, that was the area of Toronto that they were looking at. And as soon as they, uh, they put this thing in, they were trying to teach beer pairings with food. And, uh, you know, if anybody else looking at this were saying, yeah, some guy who's just come in there just to uh, sit and, um, you, you know, just kind of get drunk because he's got or she's got some problems, is not going to want to learn about what cheese is going to work with, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, red, the red beer. And it did. They took it up. They soaked it up. People started coming. There was the intrigue factor. Development happened uh, and uh, it really took off. And they were so there was a bit of time uh, for education. Um, obviously, it wasn't overnight, but, you know, overnight in, in business case would be maybe six months. They really shocked that it took off and that uh, and then that they started replicating that as a franchise model across North America. Very interesting. And sometimes, though, it doesn't take off right away. Right. So you have to. Uh, you, you have to think about the timing too, right? I mean, how long do you stick with your um, your decision, even if the data is speaking against it? Do you have any tips on that? Uh, that that's different because it all depends upon how uh, bad or good the decision is. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the other good thing is your intuition is always on. So when you're looking, when you have, let's say, you've got a particular um, avatar, as you, they call it in marketing speak, or uh, uh, you've got a customer uh, target uh, target market that you think you're, you're the, that's the right one that you're trying to market to, a lot of times you're going to be looking at the reactions that they do. You're going to look at their purchasing behaviors. Um, and and re the reality is that you still have to convince them at a certain level uh, because it's going to take up to two years to get their purchasing habits. This with the bulk probably coming after a year, year and a half. So um, you have to be very careful. But your intuition is really looking for signs, symptoms. Uh, you know, and oftentimes when we get into business, you know, we get a lot of very excited because family and friends say it's a really good idea. Some of them uh, probably will never buy your stuff. So you get this nice little peak in sales initially. Uh, and then you have to actually sell to real customers. And so that could take, uh, I give it a minimum of two years um, is a good safe bet. Uh, some can be on the earlier side, some on the later side. Uh, but the, the statistics show that after two years, um, 80%, sorry, 91% of businesses fail by the time they hit the two-year mark and by the time they hit the five-year mark 99 percent of businesses have failed and a lot of it's because they haven't used um that intuitive uh their intuition to get into a product or service at the start that they're really passionate that they can move forward with what i call a purpose and a vision and so uh, you know a lot of times people are mimicking something doing something else or they just don't want a job or you know they don't like their boss and they get into business these are all the wrong reasons to do it uh, and then a lot of people don't think it's a long game. You know, they think that it's overnight success and it does take two, sometimes three years. It could take six months if you have, you know, a good franchise model with a great 
uh, a great name, but then you paid into that. So taking off, you have to be careful if you're looking at revenues versus profits. So, I mean, that's a really good point about uh, everybody wants success today, right? And I see it all the time, too. I have companies even come to me, Sunil, who say, well, we want you to run this marketing campaign and we will pay you only on results. Right. And I say, well, baloney, because why am I? I mean, you still have to pay for the production time. I don't like to do billing by the time, honestly, but production time, you have to pay for the um, um expertise right you have to pay for the guidance i mean you wouldn't hire somebody and say oh we only pay you if it works that's your risk as the business owner right um but how do you and and then of course when you're in-house you know we have teams where everything is an emergency right everything is we need this now we need this today it's the top priority um how do you use your intuition in those kind of situations so uh, in, in the case where somebody is really kind of rushing, um, mm-hmm. you know, it could be that there's a couple of things at play. It could be that somebody is just uh, being benchmarked on numbers. And so he or she has to produce by the ones that are higher up. Uh, and frankly, that's an environment that's, that's not going to win at all because you're trying to force down some numbers because you want to, you, you know, you're not working off of an intuitive feel. You're working on data. And things like that. Now, there are if there are uh, some CEOs just absolutely know that that's the right way to go. They're able to connect the dots, and so in it, that case, what they have to do is they have to allow their team to become creative, right? So one of the things is that what I call from the business intuition piece is that creative intuition, where you allow your uh, your employees to have that trusted environment for them to even put their thinking cap on, give them the space to really think, and when they think from a creative perspective they're able to connect the same dots as long as you give them the guidance. And then that timeline really shortens. When you have a business environment that is not intuitive in nature, it's driven by data, it's driven by fear, uh, the employees simply don't feel very creative. They're not able to really kind of connect the dots that you see because you're not doing a very good job of translating that. So again, there's there's probably a couple of different scenarios there that I'd have to take a look at the, the actual business environment. Um, uh, and sometimes the vision is just the wrong vision. You know, I've had a case where uh, the CEO is trying to force to go into security consulting and everything was wrong. If you want to talk about data, the, the, the sales staff weren't selling on a consultative nature. They were just trying to pitch something, a small business, small product at a lower price point and get multiple sales. Um, and the CEO was trying to get into, he saw some statistic, want to get involved, but his business just, there was nowhere close to being ready for a consultative environment. Um, and he didn't listen to me. Um, and he lost $2 million in the process um, and still back to where he was. So this is where it, it, I, I looked at both the data where, uh, you know, customers aren't repeating. They're not repeat customers. They're, look, they're pr- low price point uh, sales. They're not, they don't have a base that's looking at a high, high ticket price. Their sales teams weren't uh, geared towards that. Uh, their products weren't complementary, and the CEO was just, frankly, going based on ego. Um, so it's a bit of data there, and the intuition, no, but that's not going to work. And he tried, but uh, obviously didn't do so well. So that's an interesting point as well. Intuition sometimes can be mislabeled as ego, right? So if Absolutely. I'm, if, if I'm saying, this is my gut feeling, people might just say, oh, that's Christoph's big ego walking around the building again. Um, how do you how do you find that fine line? How do you find when is it ego and when is it helpful? 
so this is where you have these intuitive <clears throat> signals and these are the things that are very very important so in, intuitive signals actually are are things that tell you whether you're making the right decision or the wrong decision, or if you're making a more emotional one, then, then you're not. And so for those who go for the, uh, through my courses, there's worksheets that, uh, that I have you do where you actually go back to those situations where if you, let's talk specifically about ego, when you actually knew that you made an egotistical decision, and there's two types of ego, there's the narcissistic side and the other side of the ego is that following the herd mentality where you go against your values and ethics to follow a group, although you know that they're not the ones, they're not your people essentially. So when you've done that in the past, there was a signal that was telling you that that's something you shouldn't have done. Uh, and you yourself know that you can convince me and you can convince someone else uh, that you weren't. But when you get into your own thoughts and you really think about your experiences, you know what that signal was and then you know what that if you know that that signal is you displaying ego because it comes up the next time you do that that signal is going to come up again and it's going to tell you hey listen you're being egotistical i know this because i know you i'm your intuition you better quit it but for some reason some people want to display the ego because they want that power and what happens is when you get over emotional or when ego gets to you you shut off your ability for the signals to come up. You know they're coming up, but you're more. You want that power. You want that. You want to display. You want to beat your chest because you feel you have to do that in a workplace environment. And then you shut your intuitive signals down. And now you're just now. Who knows what decision you're making? So you really have to pay attention to these things called intuitive signals. And these are unique to everyone else because your experiences are unique. My experiences are unique, so my signal in that same situation is going to be a little bit different. We could share some commonalities, but um, it, the, oftentimes it's what my signal is that's much more important that I need to pay attention to. So how? Uh, so let's say somebody is in that mode and they, you know, they do have formal power in the mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. How, like, how do you get them out of it, or how do you? Uh, what are some tips to? to move things along for the greater good of the company. So when it comes to uh, leaders, uh, so there's a couple of things. If they're in the mid leadership, you know, the higher up leaderships have to be able to see that they have to be able to change the culture because that sort of uh, psychological safety when it comes to employees has to start from the top. Um, and if you want data, I mean, just look at your turnover numbers, look at the number of people who are just using you as a stepping stone. Uh, you know, those kind of things are data that's right in front of you, right under your nose. Uh, and it's very overt. So if you're not willing to change, then those things are going to happen. If it's the top, that person, he or she has to be able to be a lot more empathetic. It doesn't mean that it's, it's all hugs and kumbaya <clears throat> stuff, but you have to be able to understand uh, what the intuitive uh, abilities are of the other person. Like, what are they coming for? Are you taking care of them? Are you giving them uh, career uh, enhancing skill sets? Are you making that environment truly collaborative? Are you allowing them to be creative? And when you take a look at taking care of the employee, employees in that environment, then they will perform for you at a productive level. And I, I have this term called intuitive resonance, um, which where the business intuition or the values of the company have to match the intuition of a person where he or she wants to be. They want to be psychologically safe. They want to enhance. They want to love being where they live and work uh, for the majority of the time. And that's where you're going to get the productivity out there. So if you don't focus on the employees, then you're dead in the water already. And then you are just a stepping stone to another opportunity for an employee that might make or break a sale or might be a star employee. 
Um, and so it has to come from the top. They have to realize that they've got to change their behavior. And it has to be honest because, uh, you know, they, their intuition they may say they've got to do it and they may fake it. But don't forget that intuition is a two-way street. So my intuition's on watching the leader. If I don't believe that he or she is really doing it in an honest way, then I'm gone because it, it, it's just, they're just patronizing. Well, I, it doesn't sound easy to me. Now we have data-driven decisions. Now we have intuition. Then we have people who want to be, um, everything is done by ego. Um, no wonder it's so hard. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's, that's why it was, it was so complex. That's why I had to spend the 10,000 hours in research because, you know, it's, it's just not a gut feel. There's a lot more to this. And so that's why I've had uh, you know, over 50,000 people now through my coursework. Um, and many of them have gone on to, you know, do really, really great things. I mean, I've got, uh, and you've got the real obtuse cases, like someone who was a drug addict uh, and homeless, who's now making probably about $400,000 a year in real estate. Um, they've got someone who was, was really unhappy, depressed, and now has, uh, is in an excellent career going, taking a step down from going white collar to blue collar, which was the right thing for him. Um, they've had people who've, uh, you know, sold their house, uh, as, at a profit when they would have taken a loss had they not, had it, they not trust their intuition. I mean, I've got story upon story upon story about people who really, really, uh, taken the time to educate themselves on what intuition is. And when they pay attention to those signals and recognize th them individually, they start avoiding people that are going to be losses for them, uh, either personally or professionally. And they, and, and, you know, here's part of the ego. Like a lot of people are um, more concerned about what other people think, but who cares? I mean, it's your journey, it's your success, uh, you know, and it's your train ride. If people can't respect the speed of success that you're on for the train ride you're on, then get off at the next station. Uh, you know, and, and I'm pretty, pretty hard nosed about that because there's a lot of people with different agendas and in intentions. Um, I've got my own path of success to, uh, to move ahead. Uh, and, and so the based on intuition, I only want to support myself with those who are going to support me moving ahead. Mm -hmm. Let's talk briefly. So the other two that we haven't touched yet, experiential and situational. Yes. Right. Yeah. So let's dive into those if we can. Sure. Yeah. So experiential, we'll take a look at formal and informal learning in the past. So if you look at uh, formal learning would be going to school um, and informal lear learning is what I call street street knowledge. So uh, as you uh, basically as you go through experiences, your uh, uh, your brain, your neurons are firing at 200 times a second and, and take, soaking up all the experiences around you. And what it's doing is taking relevant experiences and parking them in the subconscious area of your brain like a library. Uh, and it does the same thing when it comes to experience. Uh, so experience either in a formal setting, uh, like a job, for example, or a business you're running, or informal experience. So it's, it's taking all these experiences, putting them into a library called the subconscious. And then when you have a decision that you have to make, your intuition goes into that library, picks specific learning experience that you had in the past that will help that decision. And it basically brings it forward to the conscious le level of your brain to inform you that this is the right decision. So that's where you get into experiential uh, learning. And then situational learning is looking at if you're getting into, for example, a situation, uh, you know, this is where the, you're looking at the data. Is, it, is the data telling a different story? Or maybe you don't look, uh, uh, look at the data or you're walking into a room and things are off kilter, like some things are not out of place. Or sometimes you'll walk into a room, something doesn't feel right. Um, that's where your situational intuition is coming in. 
um, to take a look at, uh, you know, either it's, it's a good environment or, or it's not a good environment. And um, I, I'll get a little bit of woo-woo here, uh, but um, one of the fellows, Drew Green, is a, a CEO of, a, a, it's a men's online clothing store, custom clothing called Indochino. Um, and he sees these omens and he can't, there's no shape, smell, uh, he can't describe, he just gets this, this omen he sees kind of, uh, this apparition. And when that happens, um, he, whatever situation he's in, whether it's hiring someone or getting into a business deal, uh, if it's positive and that omen shows up and it's, it's a positive signal, he goes ahead with it. And the converse is true. If it's a negative signal, he doesn't hire that person. He doesn't get into that business deal. Using that, he's been able to take something called shop.ca from nothing to being one of the largest Canadian online retailers. And now he's doing the same thing with Indochino, where he left shop.ca to do run Indochino as a small uh, shop. And now it is going gangbusters across North America with uh, custom tailoring. So it's, it's a bit woo-woo, um, and it's, it's not for everyone. But the, the concept is that the situation his intuition is taking a look at that situation saying whether this is the right one to go ahead or to pull back. And it's based on that, that signal. Very interesting. Um, Sunil, where can people find you on the web website, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to share? You bet. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn at Sunil Godse, uh, Intuitionology on Instagram. Uh, my uh, website is intuitionology.com. There's a link there to a free course to find out about your intuition. So you can start your intuitive, intuitive journey there. I'm on Facebook um, and so I'm just finishing up my 10 tips in 10 days, uh, series, um, where I take someone from how they don't, um, uh, it, it, they don't listen to the intuition all the way to tip number 10, which is today. And I've got both my daughters, um, there. So my eight year old talks about a time when she gave Santa Claus some advice based on her intuition. My 13 year old has, uh, started a nonprofit business last year and in six months has raised over sixteen and a half thousand dollars, all based on her intuition. Um, uh, and is, is going crazy and she's starting a podcast now and, uh, she's getting people on her podcast more than I can. Some people saying no to me, but they're saying yes to her. So she's obviously doing something right from an intuitive perspective, but yeah, uh, any of those, there's lots of stuff on the social media stuff for, uh, for information and, uh, happy to reach out to me if, uh, if they want anything further. And how old is your daughter? The podcast one? Uh, 13. 13 and she's starting yeah. that's like the new thing now used to be everybody's a youtuber now we're podcasters yeah she's uh, she's uh she's got four down she's got a major uh a major artist that said yes uh, in march and she's got uh, a couple of major singer songwriters that are uh, saying yes to her as well so she's really going to uh uh i think uh move the needle fantastic sunil thanks for joining us um i had good intuition to invite you on the show to get some good content. How about that? Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, that's how intuition works. And I appreciate the, the chance to, uh, to tell my story. And uh, I love what you're doing. You bet. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go.
That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.